sorry about what I do in the other time. Siamo pronti. Emergency. Someone breathing very heavily. It's probably it's probably me. Probably, it sounds like it's dying. Oh, very unfit. And welcome to this, the, what are we up to, 25th episode? I think it's been the 25th episode for about eight weeks 26th now. 26th episode? Whatever. It'll be in the description of the Ian Prendercast, another sports podcast for this our second season. I'm Sean Peterbudge. I'm joined, as always, by Fabian Guadagnolo. Buonasera. Buonasera, ragazzi. Fabian, hello. Lovely to see you. You're breathing very heavily tonight into the Am microphone. <laughs> Just waiting for that second Is that asthmatic? It sounds like he's dying. Uh, and Tim Davis with us, of course. Sean, how are you, mate? Yeah, I'm pretty good. Good. Yeah, not bad. Tim, uh, Fabian is getting out the asthma. <laughs> it should sort him right out. Jesus. Is that better? I don't know. Can you breathe? I feel fine. Okay. Well, I'll, I can't got... feel my left arm, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Maybe you're having a heart attack for real. Yeah. <laughs> Take two. <laughs> uh, we'll start, I suppose, where we start every week. Shout outs. Anyone got a shout out? I got a shout out. Excellent. Give it. This is going to be for, for me. This is going to be very obscure. Okay. Ravi Jadeja. That's an interesting shout out. Huge shout out. Made my Wednesday night very enjoyable. Uh-huh. I don't generally watch cricket. Actually, uh-huh. can't stand it. Yeah. That's what. That, that, that's what I found out about getting your quickfire machine gun texts at about eleven thirty last night. It was. It was. That was. He made what should have been a non-contest. Very, very entertaining to watch. He's an extremely uh, entertaining cricketer to watch. Very cavalier, isn't he? Generally, with the bat and the ball. Mm. He's, he's quite well, he wielded the sword thing too. I like that. So, um, But uh, MS Stoney. We're going to talk about MS a little bit later. It's, uh, yeah, he, what's the reverse of a shout-out? Yeah, that's out chat. <laughs> that's, that's actually an interesting question. I just thought he was going a bit too slow. Yeah, we're going to talk about MS. But yeah, I just thought uh, Ravi deserted, d- deserved a, a shout-out. So There you go. Ravi. Ravi. Shout out. Good stuff. Tim, you got a shout out? Well, ironically, on a very similar topic, my shout out was to Martin Guptill. Mm-hmm. And uh, Martin Guptill, four years ago in the World Cup, had a great um, series for New Zealand and didn't quite perform when it counted. This time round, hasn't had a great World Cup, but last night his run out, his direct hit that got uh, Mahendra Dhoni out. Um, and as was... Ian Smuthy, Smuthy, Smuthy. So that might be the World Cup. Well, I, mean, I think he's gone early day, with the World Cup, but well, you got to get there first. Yeah. You got to get there to win it. So I, I think he, 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 people might have misinterpreted. I think he might have been talking about India's World Cup. Yeah, that's yeah. I think mm. you're right too. I that think you're right. And I and I posed the question, might have been to you guys and to the. I was on another group thread as well, and I said, "Is that the best run out in? I'll say World Cup cricket history. I think it's. It, I actually said cricket history, and Anthony Dallasola answered with, "No, his his run out at Hart, Hartwell." Was the the best he's ever seen? I don't know where Hartwell is, but yeah, I'm going to need more context on that one. So uh, absolutely, I think that it's probably the most important run out. Well, the Damien Fleming run out when we beat South Africa, when we actually tied with South Africa, and they only needed one run, which see, we've this, talked yeah. about on see, on this pod before. See, what wasn't as flashy. Well, Guptill's is more spectacular. Well, it is. But is the other one you're talking about a direct hit as well? No, he just rolled no. the ball like a bowling ball. Down Aaron, the pitch. I know that yeah, one. Yeah. No, no, no. That, that's, Alan uh, Donald just. That's an important. Apart. That's an extremely important. Hey, no, I'm. That's Lance Klusner all the that's way. Lance Klusner. They had two he balls to play. We don't want to get into that. But Alan Donald's probably sitting there going, what "The you, fuck are you doing? You just hit it straight to so Mark Wall." Uh, was it, uh, it was. He hit it straight. Mark Wall did the little back. Yeah, you, know, you just hit and it then straight. Fleming rolled it down the pitch. Lance, we've got two balls to go here. There's yeah. no run. Yeah. Anyway, but no, no. Guptill, um, given the stakes, given the moment, 
uh, and, and the actual hit itself, it hit three quarters of the way up the stump. Yeah. And, and he's pretty side on too, so yeah. he hasn't got a he hasn't got a great target and, and to hit. Richard Kettleborough's reaction, I don't know if you've seen it, someone gifted it was really good. He's obviously square leg, ball comes in, bails light up, Donny's to the naked eye, you sort of went, Oh, that's close. It wasn't in, in real time, wasn't good enough to go, Oh, he's done. But you go, Wow, Kettlebrow's done the <laughs> he's, kind of, he's like, oh, that's close. Yeah, Kettlebro's always gone. Oh, he might have got him he, for that moment. He was almost like the fan on the couch. Oh, could he have dived? Ah, uh, no. Yeah, he could have. Look, potentially, but by the same token, he's been beaten out by an inch? under an inch. Yeah, you know, so it's a pretty close run thing. But yeah. look, I agree. I, I think it's um, certainly off the top of my head. I can't think of any better runouts in one day cricket, particularly. I can't timing, timing was massive. Freddie Flintoff threw out, was it, I don't know who it was in the 2005 Ashes. A really, I don't know if it was Ponting or I'm not sure who not it was. Ponting, yeah. But he kind yeah. of picked it up. He, like a really important moment similarly was an amazing run out. Ponting's yep. done some rippers at one day level. and yep. But no, look, it was fantastic. Uh, my, my shout out keeping the international theme going, Elise Perry. I love Elise Perry. Elise Perry, best ever one day international bowling figures by an Australian. Took seven for 22. <laughs> as England uh, crumbled on Sunday, um, and it actually that's uh, capped off. She wasn't quite as damaging with the bat as she has been in recent times, but you take seven for twenty-two, you bowl England out for seventy-five, you win the match by one hundred and ninety. <sighs> uh, they've taken a three-nil lead in the ODIs, so the the women's Ashes is structured a little bit differently with the points. They play three ODIs, a Test match, and three T20s. Yeah, okay. So Australia lead six-nil on points going into that Test match. And a T20 is worth one point. I assume, I assume they're one, and the test would be, I actually don't know, two or Might three. Be three or something like that. Um, yeah. But to sweep the English 3-0, uh, they, they put themselves in a terrific, terrific position. And, I mean, as I said, to take seven for 22 um, in an Ashes match, you know, she's an absolute superstar. She certainly is. So uh, the only thing that's missing just at the moment is, as I said, her um, performances with the bat in the past have been ludicrous. So fingers crossed she can bring that to the table um, in the test match, which is... Pretty soon, I think. I think it's in the next week or two. Yeah. But that's good. Um, anyone else have another shout-out? I've got one more shout-out. Yeah, give us one more. You, you Twitter, Twitter listener John Slonham got in touch with me. Um, I'd spoken about the Kobayashi, Joey Chestnut, ESPN 30 for 30, uh, how I would like to check it out. And he got in touch and said he was able to watch it and sort of pointed me in the right direction to track it down. Uh, so I was able to tune in during the week and check that out. Very strange 30 for 30, very strange doco. Not that it wasn't good, it's just, just odd. Yeah, they interviewed the producer on the ESPN 30 for 30 uh, audio podcast mm-hmm. and um, just everything was very different to most of the other interviews that they've done. And You know, what, it kind of echoes though, they spoke to like the, the guy who was an old PR man, PR executive, and effectively took over and launched Major League Eating. And you can see he's an ad man, the way he talks and everything. And it's a very tongue-in-cheek, the whole thing. But the actual docker had that feeling about it. You know when you see these minor esports or competitive eating or cornhole, have you seen that? You know, <laughs> throw, they throw the bags of wheat in the small hole or, you know, horseshoe axe throwing. These really illegitimate, quote-unquote, sports yes. tend to take themselves... On the surface, it feels like they're taking themselves too seriously, but at the same time, it feels like they know it's a piss take. Yes. <clears throat> and the doco had that weird vibe where you're like, they get that it's stupid, but they're treating it 
very seriously. Well, it's still a pursuit, isn't it? I and mean, you've you, you still got to do it, and you've still got to be better than the, the next guy. They're really straddling the line between, yeah, it's ridiculous, but check it out. I just want to know, I want to know what Joey Chestnut's worth. I mean, if he comes out and he wins the hot dog eating competition every single year. Well, well, this is it. Joey Chestnut didn't just go head-to-head with Kobayashi eating hot dogs. They ate all sorts. They ate pastas. They ate little pizzas, little burgers, everything. They'll eat. You put it in front of them, they'll eat it. Yeah. Competitively. Sounds like Timbo (laughs) (laughs) pre-pod. He did just come in and slam down. How many? Four or five? There was three. There was three. Three slices? Yeah. Okay. Wasn't that bad? But any, any caramel koalas? Uh, one. There's <laughs> a ball. Uh, but yeah, so it's called the Good, the Bad, the Hungry, um, and it goes for about I think it's eighty odd minutes. And like it's 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 not an essential thirty for thirty. It's a curiosity and it's an interesting sort of watch. You sit there and for me, having um, been in New York the day that he beat Kobayashi, and ESPN ran it, and he's an American hero and. They played up to it a bit, and you sort of. It, for me, it has this. There's a level of nostalgia to. Yeah, I remember watching this, and just being completely miffed as to how seriously and what was happening and what was happening. And this guy's the the hero, and oh, he's going to take down our Japanese foe. And it was just bizarre at the time. I reckon so to, I watched it. So to catch up with it, how twelve years later, Joey Chestnut's undefeated at Coney Island since. There you go. Um, but it's a, yeah, it's an interesting watch. If you, I wouldn't necessarily hunt it down, but if you come across it. Well, I've set it to tape already. Yeah, 17th? I, 17th, yeah. yeah, yeah weird, so next right? Wednesday didn't or whatever. It, I, I don't I, know. Didn't it play on the 4th or the 5th? Yeah. Uh, weird. But it's, I'll be interested to get your thoughts. It's a cool But So th- thank you to uh, to John for putting me in the right direction of that and uh, checking it out so I could watch it. I was looking forward to doing so. Um, what did we like from the weekend just gone or the week just gone? Does anyone have anything they liked? I liked Will Setterfield. We're probably going to touch on that later. Yeah, when we, get into we can. We can. No, just he's a player. He's a player that I've been looking for output in, and he he showed he showed a different skill set to what he'd had before. And you thought, okay, he yeah. probably he could have ended up with more. He probably could have kicked six. Just a little bit more poise. Anything from you, Fabian? Can I come with something I didn't like? Absolutely. Um, game management from the Maroons in yeah. the final Ooh, minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. like I said to you, you guys last night. We're going in the cricket. I know nothing, and I know I probably know even less about rugby league. But seventy ninth minute, you've got the ball. Now I know. Look, I don't know if a thirty yarder is or thirty meters is is far for a drop kick, but you miss, and the worst thing that happens is New South Wales get the ball and you're set up, and time's probably going to run out. Why not have a crack instead? He bombs it high for nothing. And New South Wales run it down the other end for a try. What's But they conceded three tackles first, so the ball was still on their thirty metre line. Um and at that point you thought, well, New South Wales can't win. They've got the footy, but they can't win because Queensland's there and they're ready to, to defend and, and New South Wales to their their benefit, they threw it wide and sort of, you know, just asked the question. Um and there was just there just went bodies it was, where they needed to be. It was the worst minute of rugby league that could have been played, ever. Yeah. Am I naive in saying, once again, no expert, barely watch rugby league, but am I naive in thinking that it's one of the most undercoached games in the world? It's just a bit of a wait and see how things go. Well, it feels like there's not a lot you can do necessarily tactically, but what Fabian says is right. I've always got this thing, when you get to the fifth tackle, sixth tackle, you've obviously got a kick. 
why don't they just go for drop goals more often? Particularly, not all the time, but if, if I've got a converted try lead or if I'm behind a converted try, just disrupt the scoring. Kick a point and that way you've got the score you need to win. Well, if you kick the point, the opposition has to kick it off back to you. So you get the well, ball back. Well, the, more to the reason. Why don't they yeah. do it more often? Well, I, I, it's not like it's a, a place kick in, um, in NFL where they're, um, they're scoring more goals. It's because it's a, it's a bigger, fatter ball. I know, and, I understand. And I reckon, they're, I reckon they're just not as accurate with it. They're but not, if you, if it's but you, you train that skill. If you're 20 metres out. You should out, be better. If yeah. you're 20 metres out directly in front, what is yeah. the percentage of lobbing the ball up to the corner? How often do you win it, get it back, catch it, whatever? It'd be pretty low percentage-wise. Uh, yeah, but it, look, it and rugby union, one of the big skills yardage. in it is yeah, it's yardage and it's and it's ground position, yeah, position on the ground and 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 making it hard for the opposition and having a ha- having a being able to defend. Um, I mean, they're always better inside their own twenty. Like when when mm. somebody's trying to attack your line. You've always got everybody set up. Everybody's on their game because you know you miss it. You miss you miss a tackle. You can see the try. So I think they're they're more focused on defence. The closer to their own line that they are, whereas further at the other uh, at the other end of the ground, they're probably not as desperate because you still think, oh well, you know, they've got another eighty yards to go. You that's know, we just got to hem them in. I just reckon, like I said, just to disrupt the actual situation on the scoreboard. You sit there and go, well, we lead by six. If we can convert our short Field goal, drop goal. We lead by seven, and we get the ball. Yeah. Go well. That means they need to score. Well, and, and a, further, if if you have the shot and you miss, the ball goes dead in the end zone. Yeah, whatever. And so then they're bringing the ball out to the twenty yard line, and just you know, it's a, a touch the ball on your foot, play on. It just seems from so that point. bizarre. Yeah. Yeah, but in the end, obviously, a sensational finish to um, would have been a pretty good series, you know. Obviously, Queensland were excellent in game one. New South Wales were excellent in game two. Game three was looking like it was all um, sky blue, and then home came the maroon freight train, and and looked like they were almost going to nail it. And they just wriggled out, and yeah. So, congratulations to New South Wales. Fab won't like to hear that for some reason. I don't know why he gives a shit. I, I don't give a shit, but I just I prefer Queensland to win. I don't understand why anyone. Like cares. in all sports, it's just you got if you have. If you pick a team, so I don't mind. It doesn't have to have to be for a reason. You pick a team, it's just as a complete, you're more utter, emotionally attached. As a complete and utter neutral, I was just over Queensland winning. I went for, I was going for India last night. It's just, just so you know, when you watch something, you just you tend to go for a team. Oh, you do, yeah. And there's games where, and we've all done it. Not well, me, probably Tim and I, probably not Sean, but you find yourself then once one team hits the front, you Absolutely. kind of switch teams. Absolutely, go for the other team. So. Mm. You just get emotionally invested into something. Like, like, like an Anzac Day game. You sit there and you're going, I don't care who wins. Mm. And you'll sort of go in and you'll usually go whoever the underdog is and you'll start barracking for one team. And if they're doing well, all of a sudden you're going, you know what, I want this other mob to nah. get back into it. Uh, it sounds weird, but I'm, I'm a Collingwood fan for, for, for the day. Well, you've got a wife who's a Collingwood supporter, so you have to be. Yeah. Nah. God. Jesus wouldn't care if the game was called off. Um, <laughs> what I like this and week. And no points awarded. No, nah, no points. What I like this week, I fell down the YouTube rabbit hole, Fab. Oh, I've done the Wikipedia rabbit hole. I've done the, Forgot what I was Wikipediaing to start with. Just links and links and links. I've done the YouTube rabbit hole, Timbo, this week with That Was The Season That Was. Oh, you did mention that on an oh, SMS, yeah. Oh, it's so good. I've been sort of picking off year by year by year. Someone's uploaded quite a few of them. Oh, they're so good to watch. 
And and is footy better then than it is now? I said to Fab, you know what it is? It's not that it's better necessarily, but one of the great joys is a, a highlight will flash up and they'll go through the season and you find yourself for a split second going, oh, where is it? You know, no, it's Waverley or Witten Oval or Princess Park or Windy Hill or the MCG or the Wacker or Subiaco or whatever. And you go, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I know where this is. Just a split second, you go, oh, yeah, okay. You find yourself looking now if it happened, you just go, what are five joints? They all look the same. It's just boring. Oh, I'm hearing you. Does that mean Australia? How are the Fitzroy Australia batting? Australia's won the toss and a batting. Well, and this is what I wanted to say. So I came in, uh, you know, doing a, doing a bit of work now at uh, MGA Traffic, and uh, we chucked. What, what do they do? <laughs> everything, everything. What, whatever you want them to do: waste management, green plans, everything. Um, <laughs> green plans, great <laughs> travel it. plans, love it. Um, we chucked on uh, the decade that delivered. Yep, which is terrific, and the reason I watched that and the reason I got into that is obviously during lunch. During lunch, the reason <laughs> just clarify we had an opportunity. I thought we're coming to the end of a decade now. Will they do something like this? Probably not, because that just takes time. That takes effort. They didn't do it in the previous they decade. They didn't do it either. in the previous decade either. And you sit there going, "Why wouldn't you do a? Why have they stopped doing that? Was the season that was? It's ridiculous. Because it was a bit of a Drew Morfitt special, wasn't it? Or was it Sandy Roberts as well? Sandy Roberts did. Bruce did it for a little bit, but you, you sit there and you go. Grand final night, part of the marathon, Fox footy. Dude, that was the season that was. Well, it's a good celebration of the year, it's isn't it? Because p- particularly like... And all you need to do is cut all the highlights that are presented on Brownlow night. No, you don't even do that. Together. You, just, you don't even do that. The weekend just passed. On a Tuesday or a Wednesday, someone just cuts them up into a five-minute, four-minute clip. Yeah. And I, I just reckon... Carlton, you know, Carlton made a late dash on... Blah, blah. It's pretty easy. Yeah. Falling just short, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you know, Jaden Hunt stole, you know, broke Blue's hearts in the last minutes, etc., etc., etc. They couldn't repeat the heroics of last week. It's pretty easy. You yeah, just wrap yeah. it all there, up. There's and a narrative behind it that you can sort of keep it streaming along, can't you? But the one thing I did love about it was there was one, I think it was 96 or 97. It's not important what year. But how the football media has changed. They opened the broadcast going through little, you know, little topics, hitting little topics, great comebacks, great moments, blah, blah, blah. And then they did, you know, players who are excellent performers this year. And then they did players who underperformed and they sniped guys. Wow. Um, Mike Sheehan retired Gavin Brown. He just goes, <laughs> go, Gavin Brown's because he'd, he'd want to perform a lot better. You know, he basically said he should retire. Wow. Bruce McAvaney was just finishing people's careers, just going, <laughs> he was no good. And then um, <laughs> they were talking about Simon Mitten Connell and. Um, Mike Sheen dismissively goes, he's, he's like, he's a 70-goal forward at best. <laughs> so take one of them now. I <laughs> know <laughs> oh, it's a different game, but Simon's been, oh, God, just, you know, maybe you'll get 70 goals out of him. Thinking, how how are the Fitzroy highlights? Fitzroy highlights are amazing, and we need to sit Pete Molinas down. Shout out to Pete. Watching old oh. flashback videos. You know, and Sean, we were discussing this today. Oh, that brilliant. When we talk Carlton, or all fans talk their side, you reminisce. Oh, you remember that game against remember Adelaide? The champions. With, you know, Sos goes forward, and you know we come back and we win. Or this yeah. happens and we win. Or he he took this mark, and he'd like Pete's got all the same stories, but they're just downtrodden, downtrodden, depressing. We played great, and we only got beaten. No, 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 I remember no, that game. No. We were there. We lost by one hundred and fifty points. It's not even that. It's it's. I remember that. Your dad and I. We got the train down to Geelong, and we lost by fifteen goals. Ablett kicked twelve. <laughs> All the highlights are like the other team. Yeah, yeah. he talks. Like, yeah, he talks so, but he loves it. He oh. talks so affectionately about the eighties and nineties Lions. It's just it's a throwaway. The triple premiership Lions are a throwaway. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. He celebrates 
Is it Anthony or Andrew? <laughs> Mellington. He, he celebrates Anthony Mellington's six goals against the Dockers in '96. Yeah, it's they're, up. It's up there with Acker's snap. Their only win of the season. <laughs> Mellington kicked six. They rushed the field as their last win. He was there. He was there. He, he was there. Fantastic. He, he told the story that he he was it his brother, his brother and his dad. They they got separated. They all rushed the field. They got <laughs> separated and just had to meet back at the car. Pre pre mobile photos. Yeah. Yeah. But but and what I love about it, and it's going to flow onto my next bugbear, my next topic in in just a moment is, and I love that Pete loves it. I, I look at the way he talks about it is the way all all fans, you know, passionate fans talk about their team and what that team means to them. And even though Fitzroy were no good, they went out of business. They were ordinary. Like. We're watching this decade that delivered. He, In my head, I've got Pete's voice going, we're okay, 93. Because <laughs> that's what he would have said. But like, Doc Wilder, Doc Wilder, terrific player. But he, he'll say something like, we'll be watching the decade that delivered and there'll be a highlight of Lynchy, Alistair Lynch, and he'll be like, oh, I love Lynchy. Lynchy, great player. Oh, Ruzy, awesome. Ruzy. They don't spite anyone that left them. Yeah. Love Richard Osborne. Oh, Aussie. Loved Aussie. They but, loved but, them But Fitzroy all. was a different case, though, too. Like, anybody that left Fitzroy no, was, was they, leaving because they were either selling them to stay afloat. Exactly. Or, or a bloke was getting paid three times as much exactly. as what he and, was at Fitzroy. Pete, no one no, begrudged them. But Pete and other Fitzroy fans don't sit there, you're Judas, whatever. He goes, oh, no, we watched them because we enjoyed, like, we like watching them. Like, he goes, oh, you'd, you'd watch Lynchy play and you were just supporting that player. Yep. Or you'd watch Ruzi. He goes, yeah, no, it was good. And I, but what I love about it is, as I said, that passion that he has for the team, and that passion that a lot of Fitzroy fans have for their team, and it flows on into this, you know, our first sort of proper topic of, uh, oh, the other thing I watched was Year of the Dog, which was... How good is that? Have you seen it before? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, good. Outs- is that the spew up one? Yeah, and yeah. we'll see you back at the social club. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, just, I don't understand why more teams don't do a retrospective yeah. each year. I don't get it. But... Pete's passion for his team, Pete's love of his team, you know, it's something that we have for Carlton. It's something that everyone you know who loves footy has for their team. And this past week, somewhat belatedly, but I'm pleased that it's on the agenda, is draft reform. Yep. It started on Friday night. Um, I think I'd gone to do a traffic count. Was that last Friday? Yeah, it was. And I, I walked in the door, and I, I think it was because it, it was like I missed the start of the game. I just got back in at like quarter time or something. And I walk in the door, and Dad goes... Is you're not going to believe it. John Ralph's talking about like priority picks for Gold Coast, and I went, "Yeah, typical." And I put out a few tweets on the Prendercast Twitter about it. The effect of, of course, they're coming out and white knighting the Gold Coast because we've been off the bottom for a week. Yeah, but you know, let's 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 ignore the fact that we've both won the same games. They beat us this year. They won two more games last year, and they've won two more games in the last five seasons. Let's let's ignore that. Let's ignore that we haven't qualified for finals since 2011. Gold Coast have never qualified for finals. St Kilda haven't qualified since 11. Brisbane haven't qualified since 2009. Um, Melbourne hadn't qualified between 06 and 18. Let's let's disregard all that. Let's disregard that you've had five teams for the better part of a decade be out of the final eight. Let's let's ignore that, but let's white knight the Gold Coast because, let's be honest, the media and a lot of the football public detest, loathe Carlton yep. and don't want to accept or concede that the draft's broken and fixing it benefits everyone. Yeah. So Ralph came out on Friday night and, and broached it on Ralph. John Ralph. On Monday morning, SEN spoke about it. Robbo had an article about it, you know, mentioning it in the paper. And then on the couch, I clipped this up and we put it on our Twitter handle. On the couch, outstanding, Jared Healy particularly, Jonathan Brown was involved as well, and Nick Rewald especially. Finally, the conversation's getting some traction. The draft as it is does not work. The draft as it is does not best serve the teams that need help. The draft as it is 
is not what it was designed to be. It was designed to break the monopoly of Hawthorne, Carlton, Essendon, the top teams who monopolised the talent, who held the cards. And what frustrates me for so long is while we're at the bottom, the dialogue was always, it's your own fault. Learn how to draft. Learn how to trade. Learn how to develop. It's your own fault. Live with it. Melbourne went through it. St Kilda went through it. Brisbane went through it. We're doing it. Gold Coast are doing it. Plenty of other teams have. It's never... Is the system broken? It's yeah. no, no. You're 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 fucked. You're using it badly. It's your fault. Yeah, yeah. We're not ce- we're not celebrating mediocrity. You know, and you, that- you, you found yourself in a a tough situation because of decisions made by your own hand. And you know what annoys um, me? We're, we're not going to help you. You know the thing about that so is, like, Tim. But, but it is what it is. Tim, you've been in, inside a, a, an AFL like list management structure. No team approaches a year, a draft, let alone a decade wanting to sabotage themselves. Oh, absolutely not. No team sits there like Melbourne when they, they look they, they ballsed up a couple of early draft picks. Not a you know, full absolutely they did. Not the first team to do that. Spot on. No team enters that and goes, Yeah, we yeah, we reckon Cale Morton's probably going to be there listed in three years. Let's draft him number four. Yeah. <laughs> they don't sit there and go, Oh yeah, let's let's really balls this up. Let's <laughs> let's consign ourselves to a decade of shit. Who did yeah. he run away from? Brendan Lade. <laughs> he did so. He says he was running away from the con- to the next contest, but it looked like he was running away from a large man. <laughs> how, how, how was Timmy big knobbing it at uh, oh, Princess was. Park when he, he saw was. Brendan Lade? Oh. He was. Oh, poor boys. Old mates. Old mates. But And the thing that annoys me as this is going on is the language that people use, and hopefully we c- this can start to change it, this discussion that's going on. There is no reward. Yeah. Yeah, getting a concession, a draft concession, a priority pick is not a reward. Yeah, getting it's, the it's first, a need. getting the first pick in the draft is not a reward. No, you aren't rewarding the teams that are finishing on the bottom by giving them the best picks. It's and that's it's a, it's a thing about language that annoys me. Who should get them? Oh, should there be a lottery? So Carlton are the worst team in the league. We end up with the fifth pick. Yeah, what happens? What happens three or four times in a year in, yeah. in a row? Oh, you end up oh, bad luck. Yeah, the premiers are oh, whoever the team that finished ninth. Get the, the lottery. Pick. The lottery is not a perfect system, and I'll, from a personal point of view, as a Chicago Bulls fan, we've been dog turds for three, four years. We've gotten pick seven, pick seven, pick seven. You yeah, you that, might get one. You, don't you might the, get but two. You don't have the breakout pick you need. Yeah, we haven't got the Zion. We haven't got the RJ Barrett. That you, you know, don't that, have the breakouts opportunity. And this we've, is, done, we've done well. Who we've drafted yeah, at seven, yeah. but they're not. You're not always building absolute game changes yeah. that you need. So they're good depth players, you know, good talented players. And we've also got to stop looking. The only other country that uses it purely, the draft, is the NFL and the NBA. Yeah. Okay. The major league kind of they've got a draft, but the draft is it's a bit of a they draft kids to literally develop for four years. But it's kind of weird. But, but still, but, your major your, your major avenue in those sports to getting better is free agency. And this is it. Like they're so, getting yeah, ready made stuff. in the NBA, for footballers or basketballers to be able to add to what you've got. You get one draft pick per round. Yeah. To fix five positions. Yeah, that's right. Not eighteen to twenty-two positions. Yeah. The NFL. Yeah, you've got one pick every thirty-two. But you're drafting from a talent pool that is. Known and you actually yeah. these guys, these guys have played senior football. Television, hundreds of thousands of people watch. But, but as you say, you've also got quarterback, you've got running back, you've got wide receiver, you've got offensive line, you've got defensive line, you've got linebacker, you've got the secondary, whether it be cornerback or um, or safety. That's basically seven positions there. That, the teams are drafting for need. Well, but but you're going thirty-two positions. Like there is going to be, and and there's there's different skills within 
all of those hmm. individual positions, you get the fifth best cornerback in the in in all of college football. He's a really really good player. Yeah, the fifteenth best that you might get in the third round or the fourth round. He's still a pretty good player and a damn good athlete as well. Sometimes they're just younger and they've got a little bit more of a ceiling and they're going to get hmm. better. But but you're not getting like. Ours is a crap crap shoot. He's a crap shoot. You are rolling the dice and hoping that you find something. And this is what we're going to talk about. And I spoke about Pete as a segue. And and what I wonder sometimes is, do Gil and McLaughlin and AFL House get it? I don't think Gil Gil gets anything. No, but do they get what Carlton means to us? And what seeing us, what rocking up to a game for five years thinking, we're probably not going to win today. I mean, we might snatch one. You know, I've seen us win in Melbourne twice in two years yeah. sort of thing. Yep. And you're paying a membership and you're paying up and you're coming every week. And it's not that I deserve or we deserve more, but we should hope for more. And do but, they? And the thing I worry about is they look at it and they look at what the games become and watching all those old docos and watching teams play at Whitnoval and Victoria Park and Princess Park and Windy Hill and Waverley. The game has become so corporatized, so monetized, so different, so distinct from that. It's, he goes up into the medallion club and has lunch and you know hobnobs with whoever it might be from government and whatever. And at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter because Channel 7 and Fox are paying the deal. They're paying the big money for the broadcast rights. Fans are coming like they've never come before. Members are signing up like they've never come before. But also, members have probably got less faith in their football team for the following year than they've ever had before. Yeah. And what, yeah. I, what I want to propose is what I think the system should be what I think the system needs to be and what they should very seriously look at implementing. Obviously, they're never going to... Gil's probably not listening, but uh, oh, they, they don't, don't have the time to this year. Um, Fabian and I, we've spoken about this at length. The system as it is keeps teams at either end of the table for far, far too long. Yep. It keeps you at the top contending for far too long and it keeps you at the bottom stuck in purgatory for it's far too long. because the AFL's objective, and they've always used this language, it's okay for clubs to use this language, and we did, the whole sustained success. The AFL tried to allow clubs to build for sustained success. The AFL, that shouldn't be their objective. They should, rather than keeping teams at the top quicker, they should be shortening the length of stay down the bottom. Down the bottom. Individual clubs should be aiming for sustained success. Yes. But the AFL system should be... It's not success, is it? The word is opportunity. It's it. And, well, that's right. And, and my idea basically is Gillan McLaughlin needs to do one of two things. Option number one... Resign. Resign. <laughs> Option number one is exhibit like American commissioner style executive discretion, just complete and utter control, and he can dictate... Roger. Roger, at a moment's notice, Brisbane, um, due to results, by the way, you're getting a priority pick. And if anyone asks the question, he's the commissioner. I've decided it. Just they're, because, that's it. Just because, they're no good. I don't need to justify it. Surely you can see they're no good. Yep. So they're getting the pick. And I'm going to decide, is it uh, before the teams that made the finals? Is it before the first round? Is it after the first round? This is when they're getting their pick, et cetera. Show just complete and utter discretion and just say, i got no one to answer to. It's my, my way of the highway. You're getting these picks, blah, blah, blah. Take that mantle on. He won't do that because he's a soft cock and he wants to have Steve Hawking take all the heat on football matters so that Steve Hawking gets all the, the flames. What they need to do and what they hope to do is institute sweeping and holistic draft reform. The model needs to be thus. No minimum salary cap spend, gone. Yep. 
because if you're finishing on the bottom, you should be paying what your team's worth. Yep. What that does later on, as you'll see this go down, it actually makes you more agile if you're going for free agents as well. Totally. So no minimum salary cap. Draftees are handed a minimum four-year contract when they sign. They cannot be traded in the first two years of that contract, but for executive discretion by Steve Hocking mm. or whoever, if you know some of the bereavement or mm. whatever the case may be, fine. And they become pure free agents, no restricted, no unrestricted, you are a free agent or you are not, at the conclusion of their second AFL contract. So that'll either be a minimum of five years, more generally it'll be an average of six to seven years. They'll have their first four-year deal and then... More often than not, I'd imagine it'd be a two-year contract after that to take them to six. Therefore, they're 24, 25 years old when they become free agents. Yep. And they're still playing good footy. Still playing good footy. And six years is a long enough time. Six years is a long enough time for their club to either woo them and retain them or for them to go, this probably isn't working. I'd like to go home. I'd like more opportunity, whatever the case may be. I want to play on the MCG. Or more cash. Or more cash. 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 No cash. Robbo. And then this is the draft itself. If you miss the eight, the 10 teams that miss the eight pick twice before the teams that make it. You finish on the bottom of the ladder, you pick one and 11, you finish 17th, you pick two and 12, and so on. The method behind that is that you go into every draft as the worst team in the competition with one, 11, and 29. Using Carlton as a model from last year, we select Sam Walsh at number one. Number 11, we can either retain and use on a, a good kid or it's the pick we needed to trade for to get Mitch McGovern. We've got it already. Yep. Adelaide made, Did Adelaide make the eight last year? No. 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 But use, I say, say, they, no, say, they didn't. say no. they finished fifth and their first pick is, what, 25. So they sit there and go, well, fuck, we probably want to get in the first round because we've got to chase these kids. That's how you get in. You're the one that has to give up assets. The yep. teams that make the eight are the ones that have to trade back into the draft. Not Carlton. Not We needed Caleb Marchbank, so we had to lose Zach Tui. Nope. We wanted to get another pick. No point taking one step forward to go one step back. And the best thing about what you're saying, which I agree with everything, because you have some idiots go, he's a Carlton supporters. You're doing this. We're done with the draft. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nearly. If anything, anything, what you're proposing is probably not going to help us. No, and this is the thing. People need to be unemotional and they need to stop being selfish and they need to realise that, hey, maybe it benefits Carlton now but it benefits your team when you need it as well. Yeah. Because all the talk at the moment about the priority pick, as a Carlton supporter, you're sitting there and you're going, look, realistically, I don't think that we need it. But if they're going to give it to Gold Coast on on any measure measure that you say Gold Coast should be getting something, how can you not give Carlton something as well? And and personally, I I think... Legally, they can't. Honestly, we'll sue them. Honestly. It's a bad look, sour grapes, whatever you want to say. You take them to to court and go. Where's your transparency? You can't. Yeah. Because the whole executive decision thing that doesn't exist, does it? The Gill has no. this. No. Well, well, he could probably do it, but he's as I say, he's a soft cock. He won't. Well, you as know, I said they use their discretion this time around to saying the priority assistance that both Gold Coast and Carlton got was Carlton got two VFL state, players, state yeah. league players. Um, Gold Coast got three. So they've already recognised there that they thought that Gold Coast, Gold Coast needed more than what we did, but we won two games less than what they did. But at the end of the day, it gave us collateral that we used this year at the trade table to what, be able to bring more the, assets The in. word you use is spot on. For, for the system that I'm proposing, the system that I think works best is it gives the teams that need the ammo, need the collateral, it, you've got it. We want to chase Papley or Jack Martin 
well, we've already got the pick to potentially make that happen. We don't have yeah. to go find it. We don't have to lose a player or lose other picks. We've got it. And we can just say straight away, yeah, use, here's our pick 12. Yep. Um, is that good enough to get the deal done? For a team that potentially is in the eight, yeah, it might be. Yep. They might sit there and go, yeah, would, that is would enough. You... And, sorry, Fab, yep. what it also does is, using once again last year as an example, we keep one, we take Walsh, we have 11, that goes to Adelaide for McGovern, so we haven't lost anything to try to get McGovern done. Um, you can chase a pure free agent, Dylan Shield, or someone else. The pure free agent, you can bring them in for nothing. And, and I think that's probably the challenge with the system at the moment. And it's happened a little bit in the NBA as well, and we were sort of talking off pot a little bit about cap space and what its benefit to your team if you're genuinely trying to reload at free agency. But of late, clubs and recruiting managers are using the system to be able to say, well, if I'm going to lose a player through free agency, rather than take the free agency compensation, I'm going to push more to do a trade and get more. And it, and, and it becomes harder to but be able benefit, to move that player. And it benefits players too because tradable assets or desired assets will get longer contracts. Clubs will tie them to potentially longer. trade yeah. them rather than lose them for nothing. So the players will get more certainty with longer contracts, yep. which we sort of saw happening quite a while ago with guys getting five-year deals. Yep. Now it's rare superstars get five-year deals, but you probably find that if an average contract's two years, it might go to three because yep. they want to tie that asset up. They don't want to lose it. They don't want to get in the last year of a contract, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And look, as I said, before, before we move on, just my thing here is that you have to remove the top team's ability to cherry-pick the talent that which they do. Definitely. And this removes that. Yeah, they can go after free agents. They can try to beat the house. They can try to outrun the draft. But this system will catch, you'll catch, be caught up. Yeah. Pretty quickly. If you're adding two or three quality assets every yeah. single year. Hawthorne you, and Geelong doing what sooner. they're doing, they'll be caught pretty soon. And then the system benefits them. They drop out of the eight. They get the two picks. Yeah, it's not 25 years. It's, it's not it's, 25 it's, years. Five you can years. reload in three, four, three, and five, four. yeah. And then before we move on, just for tanking, people always say tanking. You know the difference under this system between finishing 8th and ninth is? Pick 10 and 20 for finishing ninth. pick 21 for finishing 8th. It's not huge. You're not tanking, you're not missing the 8 for what effectively amounts to pick 20. And what yeah. the last three seasons have showed us, it, make the 8 and you've got to crack. You've yeah. got to crack at make winning a flag. It's, yeah. not, it's not a... It used to be top four or nothing. Well, and then some teams will back themselves with free agency. They'll just sit there and go, we'll just chase free agents. Just yeah. on the Gold Coast temporarily... We aren't, we aren't, we aren't biased here. Like they, they, especially the AFL, given their investment, they need help. They're not us. I don't disagree. They'll, they'll fail as a club. Yeah, no, totally. They, they cop us, and I said this. On I Twitter. reckon they need a two million dollar added bonus on That's their salary cap. That's a well, lot of there's, money. Well, there's big talk at the moment that that they're going to throw. Don't worry about draft picks and that, which will take three years, four years, because yeah. draft picks aren't going to win your flag in year one. Yeah, they need free agents. They need that. Or they don't need Izzy, Izzy Folau and bloody... What no, was no. his name? Carmichael. Carmichael. <laughs> and, I, and I agree. I agree. They, they need a gaz. They need yeah. Jets in their prime. Well, and, and in the end, Gary Ablett put bums on seats, but he, I still don't think he was the kind of footballer you'd They didn't spend 100% of their cap. Yeah. Well, they had Let's a come out of, now. They that, had a bunch of kids, didn't they? Predominantly. They had Bok and... They needed to go out and get free agents and pay, pay, pay senior people. To be competitive, yeah, they just got the now. Wrong, the GWS the are in a bit of a cycle now, where they lose guns, but they get so much draft. And this picks, is this, and this is spot on. Fact. But at least they're in that cycle. But this Gold Coast are not but what there. this system does as well is GWS is kind of yeah. Look, they're they're running, trying to outrun the system, as I said. 
but they can't keep doing that for much longer. With this system here, yeah, you lose Shield, you lose Trelaw, whoever, 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 but you're not just getting a pick seven back. You're not just getting pick five in return. You're not just breaking even and going back to the well with another kid. So you're actually sitting there going, it's in your interest. You want to keep these players or you want to trade them. Hmm. It's one or the other and it allows you to be a bit more agile. So, but look, that's just my thoughts on draft reform and it's refreshing that we're starting to see conversations in the media about it. We just need them to be pretty ballsy and basically we just need people to show the maturity to admit the system doesn't work. Just because it's not going to help your team today, you need to be mature enough to realise a system like this in place benefits every team when it's their turn. Yeah, and look, I think when you look at a Port Adelaide this year that have added Rosie, Dersma and Butters... That's um, a lose like Wingard. They lost Wingard, they lost Pittard, they lost... Uh, Obviously brought in um, Burton as well. Pollock. Exactly right. So I mean, that, they, they lost some very good players. And sometimes you will still see trades, obviously, but you won't see they trades. Won that, they won that, by the way. Which trade? Jack Homsch as well, they lost. Yeah. Uh, well, Ryan, we'll, Burton, Ryan Burton will Ryan be... Ryan Burton's a good footballer. Yeah, good player. We'll, uh, we'll move on from that. That was a good discussion. We'll go to Carlton now. Now, we're going to have a bit of a, a sort of a chat generally about Carlton and the game, but we'll try to do it quickly because we're already running out of time. Um that's unlike us. And it is unlike us. I've got a couple of things here. I'll put it to you boys. And as I said, we'll try to keep it sharp. A big talking point out of the week came on Monday night when Chris Judd, in my estimations, was just perhaps a bit clumsy. Yep, with, I think that's with, the right. With how he phrased yeah. training wheels and David Teague's candidacy. And i got no problem with Chris Judd, football director, distancing ourselves from the, the, some of the fervor that's building up around Teague. Got no problem with us just pumping the brakes a little bit. He's coached four games. We've been more competitive. We've kicked 100 points three times. We are playing better football than we had in the preceding 11 weeks. But that doesn't mean we need to be beating the jungle drums to give him the job. We still need to go through a process. Totally. Did What, what did you make of Judd's comments? So I just thought they were just a little bit ham-fisted. Well, look, it, it's funny that they've been saying that they don't want to negotiate, that they don't want to do their interviewing through the media and all that sort of stuff. So they want to keep it, you know, back of house and all that sort of stuff. So he just didn't need to say it. Um, now, ultimately, if in his mind he's thinking you're more likely to have a guy with a few more Ks on the, the tyres, yeah, you probably do. Um, but well, the- All he needed to do was say, I'll give an opinion on anything about football, but not this topic. Oh, no, you, know, you, you guys, you guys can sit and chat around me about what you think and what Carlton needs and who we should be going for. As a I football director, I'm involved. I'm yep. so I'm, I cannot give. Well, it's you like Stephen Silvani yeah. saying that he's not going to get himself involved in the father son assessment of you know Jack and Ben in their respective years, and whether he did or didn't or whatever else. You I think know. ultimately, I think the way Kane Little had to step in and and um, another tick for Kane to be honest, how he handled it. I think he sort of had to come in and do some running repairs, if you will, on the. Yeah. Yep. The training wheels comment and just pretty much say what I think Juddy should have said in, in the first instance that we're not ruling anyone in or out. Correct. We've been very transparent with David at the moment. We're pleased with the way the team is tracking and how David's performing. We are conducting uh, a coach search at the moment through that Ergon Zender. Um, at, at this point in time, that process is ongoing. And that's pretty much all you need to say. Yep. I, I can understand how some had their noses out of joint a little bit. Like I said, it was probably just a bit uncaring. But Can I ask one question? Please. David Teague, do we think he's making a difference because he can coach or is he making a difference because he's not Brendan Bolton? I think it's a little bit of column A and a little bit of column yeah, B. I think yeah. that he's making a difference because we're playing a simpler style of football. You notice that stats, generally speaking, are lopsided when we played. I think we're just playing a more direct, more simple game 
style of game. And, and I think it puts more pressure back on the just, players to be able to play because is, all of a sudden they're the focus yeah, and not the coach. And it's, just, and it's just easier, for, especially for kids, to execute it. Yep. Just play the way we've drafted you to play. Yep, and it was always going to be liberating, letting the coach go. You know, obviously it wasn't quite working um, and, and change was required. And, and to see the way that they've been freed up, you know, it sort of shows that this was... A genuine necessity. So, and look, before we get off that topic, just with the the coach appointment, um, when it does come, when it is announced, I think that people need to realise. I think the board are, are, are trying to tick every box because they get it wrong, and this is it for them. Yeah, they get this one wrong, and Lajudice's board, and they're out. Oh, they're out. They're done. No doubt. So, I think they're just they're, you know they're pretty keen to get the the right man, not just for the club but for themselves. Um, Fab. Yes. The crowd on the weekend. Yep. Fifty five thousand um, was. Pretty was pretty good, pretty yep. good crowd for a Sunday. For a Sunday, but more importantly, I got a feeling leaving the ground that particularly the response of Carlton fans and the the atmosphere as we made a charge could mean something. They're up and about. When we're we, up and about. When we get to when we get to a free agency, when we're chasing whoever it might be, Cornelio, whoever, this is something we can sell. They, people, made, they made a bit of noise on people, Sunday. People talk they? about Richmond, you know what they happened twenty seventeen. We're starting to see glimmers and glimpses of what's on the horizon if we yep. can get it right. Yep. Do, do you think that matters? Absolutely, should, that matters. Do you matters. think it should matter to a player? It, it not it should and it will. I mean, it depends who the player is, doesn't it? But I, everyone, when you're in that position, you want to be playing in big games. You want to be playing in front of the crowd. You want to be playing in front of atmosphere. You sh- sure as hell don't want to be playing at Carrara. No, no offense. No. And, and that's the thing. Steve Canilio. Port Adelaide needed to change everything. The, the whole tarps over the seats thing, yeah. that was just horrible. You need – we can sell this. Well, I, said that we're, I said to Dad, go, we're, we, when we're up and running, we're Broadway. Oh, well and truly. We're go, not even up and running and look at it. Go, if you want to be on the big stage and say it to Canilio and those types. If you the media to- try to tell us that Hawthorne were a big side. No. Well, Hawthorne's proven this year that they're really not – that much? Stop! Just stop! <laughs> like they've they've they've, they've yeah, like turned I away said, already. They've just won. They've won four premierships. Eight grand in a finals. Decade. Eight grand finals in nine years, and three years after a flag, they rattled tins. Yeah, that was. Disastrous. They are not a big club. They were Don no, Scott not coming to that meeting away from not. Hawthorne don't survive what we've gone through. Hawthorne don't survive what Essendon have gone through. Yeah, and that's part of the reason I've mentioned. Hawthorne earlier. don't survive the early two thousands Collingwood. That's part of what I mentioned earlier with the draft as well. Where the media act cold and callous and heartless to us because Carlton will survive. Yeah. We'll limp on. We'll be That's ordinary. Why. But yeah. Carlton will survive. The Bulldogs, North Melbourne, Gold Coast, et cetera, outcome, outcome the caring, bleeding hearts because, no, they'll go down the drain. Yeah. North Melbourne, are, are, you know, those teams are finding their feet a bit. But, but yeah, they won't I've told you the like response the great man gave us at the, uh, at the luncheon back in, whatever it was, 2011, when we spoke the about... legendary lunch that Fabian brings up fortnightly. How much did it cost you? Money well spent, because you talk about it eight years later on the company. How good? Yeah, um, not even, and not this one either. Um, even better. It was a good day. It was a good day. But we, we asked when they opened up questions to the room. We asked Dix about the debt that we have and is it manageable? Yada yada yada. And in not so many words, he said to us, "The AFL hand out assistance to the Bulldogs and North and all these other teams because they're." In debt. And he said, we can pay off the debt at any time. He said, but just let them give us the assistance, hmm. effectively. 
Fair enough. They just give it to us. Um, a couple- I love that. In other words, we'll get that million back. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck them. It might take us 30 years. Yeah, we'll get it back. We'll get it back with um, Just a question to both of you. I think two players that have impressed particularly lately. and oh, I've, got very, some, I've got some stuff here. Very much so under uh, David Teague in particular. Jack Silvani. Easily our best player on the weekend. Yeah, clearly. And, and, uh, well, yeah, no, he was, he was. And Levi Casbolt. Yeah. And I got a question. Casbolt. Casbolt. I got a question for uh, for you two with Levi. I have a sneaking suspicion that Jonathan Patton will end up at Hawthorne. It's been spoken about a little bit, but it's gone cold because Patton's off the radar. He's injured. He's coming back. I got a feeling. Well, Ruffy's out the door. Hawthorne being Hawthorne will try to get a steal because oh, they're just, just masters. Oh, they're just masters at the trade table. They'll get us, try to get They'll a get, steal. But they land some and, and others miss. It's Spot just... on. They're like everyone. They'll try to get a steal in Jonathan Patton. I don't think, I think Casbolt's playing really good footy. I don't think he's a, he's 29. I think we've got better longer term options that are priorities. Would GWS be interested in Levi Casbolt? I think when you've got Jeremy Cameron and um, Harry Himmelberg already on your forward line. I'm talking about ruck and defence. Defence, maybe. I mean, I just, it probably depends on how you rate Aiden Core. I mean, you when lose, he's up and going, he's part of that that back line. But if got, you lose Patton, well, Patton hasn't been playing. That's, no, that's what that, I mean. But you lose Patton, go, is, is Caswell going to give you less than Patton? Well, it's probably you're probably replacing Rory Lobb. Yeah, maybe. You know, I mean, Rory Lobb admittedly was two oh six, but he was your genuine ruck forward combo. I mean, they're, they're battling for a ruckman at the moment. And look, Caswell is an absolute. Part timer, yep. But he's a willing soldier. He throws himself in. And if he shows that you can play forward and defence, and he can be a backup ruckman as well, he's better than Sean Grigg. He's better than Sean Grigg in modern AFL football, where some teams aren't even going in with a second ruckman. That's and that's the question I have. I'd rather have Levi contest in the ruck. That's the question I have. Throwing in a midfielder, does he have value? I I think from a list build perspective, if you've got a couple of spots to fill, a little bit like the way that um, Collingwood went after Jordan Ruffhead, Jordan Ruffhead. Covered a couple of holes for them if if they needed him, but it was key defence hmm. and key defence on the back of Lyndon Dunn probably not coming back from his knee, um, having Ben Reed who is a question mark with his body whether he's playing forward or back, um, and and really they went into a season with Darcy Moore under a question mark as to whether his body was going to stand up as well. Now it turns out it probably has, but um, but that was a really astute um, recruit you know recruitment, and I think if if the football world sees Collingwood doing that when they're in the window, other people are going to say that there's a smart recruitment to be made here for a bloke that you might only have for two years. You, you don't have to bring in a guy to be an eight-year footballer or anything like so that. So if you're, if you're GWS or another team, you can name me another team quickly. I've, I've been saying Sydney. I've been saying Sydney in that, I mean, Callum Sinclair was a little bit unlucky going down with his shoulder yeah. and, and, and his concussion before that, but... They've, they've got a lack of ruckman in behind him. They've been playing a Lira Lira in the ruck, and he's their best defender, best key defender. They'd like another body down I think you're bringing back. a bit of versatility. Well, and, but they're reliant on... He's given himself another contract, either way. But that's what I mean. Oh, he's, I think he, he's, he's playing football the next two years. He's given himself way. another contract, but who is it with? He's put half a mil in the bank. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I reckon it's with us. I, I would entertain given moving him on. TD, given the King's yep. age... And I reckon um, old man Lob drops off into the year. I think we need to retain. If Cruz, given Cruz's injury 
record, I think we need options. Then- well, I... I th- I think we'll probably seek to recruit a mature age ruckman again. Maybe. Um, a ready-made, whether it's somebody coming straight out of the NEFL, which I would doubt given that they had a mid-season draft. I think one South Australian bloke went up to Sydney. Yeah, John, uh, Michael Noel played at Box Noel, Hill. that's right. Um, and nice um, I think... I don't know if there's going to be a, a good enough ruckman floating around there that could play straight away. So I think we'll probably try and get one from another team, just purely for depth and, and let DeConning keep doing what he's doing. Yeah. Um, then, Phillip, Phillips is the question mark. Yeah, I think Phil- one of, well, Phillip Lobb's gone. Lobb's gone, and, and Phillips may go. If they could do a trade and think they could get the equal of Phillips and be four years younger and and give us something, then if they bring that player in, they may let Levi go. And then quickly, Fab Jack Silvani. Can I give it? It's what I want to do. Want quick list. You got a quick list because we're quick running list. out of time. Right, I'm going to fly through these names. Timbo, you listening? Listening. Mackenzie Willis, Tyrone Leonardis, Oleg Markov, Bailey Rice, Bailey Williams, Sam Skinner, Liam Hullett, Aidan Johnson, Blake Hardwick, Corey Wagner, Mitch King, Matthew Flynn, Brandon White, Reese Matheson, Harley Ballage. We get it. They're all taken after Jack. Taken before. Okay. Jack. Kieran Collins, Darcy Tucker, Luke Partington, Alex Morgan. You're going through the whole draft. Mason Red. I'm just going to name 30 players. We're on the taken. clock here, man. These were all taken before Jack Silvani. Well, Jack's How a, much pressure... Jack's a better player than 95% of them. He's playing better footy than all of them. Well, the only bloke... How much pressure comes on... Hardwick. These... Even then, you're like... Finished second in their yeah. best and fairest last year. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, how, much, how much pressure is coming on all of these players? Jack Silvani is the most Zero. scrutinised... What was he, third or fourth round? 53. Fourth. Yeah. He's the most scrutinised fourth round draft pick in history. Third round. Into the third. Well, there you go. And that's that's ridiculous. He's playing excellent footy, and his last two weeks have been the te- best two weeks of his career. Um, he looks like he's found a spot as a bit of a, a roaming big-bodied mid, but to pop up with three huge goals on on Sunday was massive. And, and even the big long and, and shot from late. You know, yeah, other on, than on Sam target. Menegol, everyone taken after him is an absolute spastic. There, yeah, so. oh, geez, oh. Well, there you go. Point well made, Fab. Uh, excellent news to see. I didn't get to make my point. <laughs> well, you did. <laughs> That the people taken before him are not being scrutinised as he is. It was a point well made, just wasn't made. But um, excellent to see that uh, Hugh Gunnard will get his reward and he'll debut this week, which is great. He's had an excellent season in the VFL. He's probably going to win the VFL BNF. I'd be surprised if he didn't. And also what, the other. The, the club or the league? Uh, as in our VFL yeah, yeah, okay. BNF. Not he, if he misses he might, six, six games to towards be, the back end of the to year. To be honest with you, he'd be a shout in the listing. Depends if sometimes I find in the listing, my experience of Box Hill is. They tend AFL listed guys can sometimes be overlooked. Yep. Just their AFL listed guys. Sometimes I get a bit of bias against them. Uh, two re-signings today. Obviously, Cruiser, Cruiser yesterday. Sorry, Liam Jones today. Yep. Which is great news for the club. Marchbank, hopefully not far away. I've been saying this for a week. I've told you the Liam Jones story at work, haven't I? I reckon, I reckon I've told this on pod a couple of times now. Do you remember it? Quickly, Tim. Quickly. <laughs> I had a bloke that was working with me who was a Bulldog supporter. He and I laughed about the fact that we did the trade to get Liam Jones in because he said he's no good. We got him on a three-year deal at the end of the first year as a going-away present because he left to go to another company. He gave me a little glass frame and he put a picture of Liam Jones in it. And I thought, yeah, that's funny. We talked about that. It's it's good. He goes, do me a favour, leave it on your desk until he gets delisted. 
And I always <laughs> thought Sauce was going to pay out his the third year of his first contract. Personally. Um, at the end of the second year. So he lasted he lasted an extra year. Did you take pay pass? Yeah. Yeah, you guys, at, did you take a personal check? <laughs> at the end of the third year, he re, when he paid well, he re-signed for another two, and now he signed for another three. So been he's going to be at Carlton for eight years. It's been one of football's great resurrections. Oh, and Tim's running out of desk space. Yeah. <laughs> it's turned into a shrine, like Joe Boo. <laughs> Joe Boo. Yeah. Um, we'll go on to the. Are we just going to go into AFL in general? Go go through the tips yes. for this week. Can I just say one more thing quickly, Tim? Sam Walsh, outstanding. The impact that he had when the game was on the line and what he needed to do. You've actually reminded me of something. Oh, I made a note of it, but Quick I deleted shot. it. The Kane Corns one. The Kane Corns one. Yeah. Why? And I tweeted this once again. Prendercast. The the Prender underscore cast on Twitter. I. Uh, why does everyone talk about all the other players taken in the draft as if they're the only ones that are going to physically develop? That's where we use the GIF. Whenever Kane says anything stupid, oh, yeah, we good use one. the GIF. Yeah, 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 yeah. We won't, we won't tell you what we it is. We won't tell yet. you what yeah. it is, but there's a yeah. GIF. and we, it's, it's, it's awesome. And Sean, but where are we going to use yeah. this? Because it's not really Carlton related. No, but, but this works. <laughs> Maybe whenever Sam Walsh plays a good game. <laughs> but the point is, he goes, oh, Sam Walsh, he's not damaging, he's not damaging. And the point I made on Twitter was, well, when he's 23 and he's bigger and he's stronger, he'll have more time with the ball because at the moment when he gets tackled, he has to get rid of it because yeah. he's an 18-year-old kid. When he can, Who could snap in half. When he can take on the tackler, we saw it with Nathan Jones, got him a few times. He goes, well, I can't break this. Solid 31-year-old player. When he gets to 23 and he gets a frame that can ride the tackle, he's holding the ball for an extra second. Yeah. He's and that, taking that the tackle. All, and look at Crips with that look, one Crips. or two extra seconds. Well, I keep Sam Walsh, everyone wants to, who is he? Sam Walsh is Trent Cotchen. Yeah, he is. He is. Yeah, without, he, without the hair. Trent well, Cotchen had awesome hair. He still does. He's got Jesus. amazing hair. He's still got a bit of Joel Selwood in him. No, no, and I totally agree. Well, and, so. But just that sense of not super quick, but runs all day, he's clean, makes great decisions. And when he can absorb the tackle and fend it off and get away from it, and he's not having to go, what's the first option? Yeah. How, how good's he going to be? Look, he, he, this year, he was the quintessential wingman. Yeah, like a you know young kid, run all day, good skills, play him out on a wing, little less contested, he'll do really well there. Well, as the seasons progress, we've thrown him in the middle, and he's mm. getting clearances all on his own, yeah, and he's laying start tackles on wing, inside he's come off the wing. Now. But Tim, Tim, he's going to be the only player that stagnates. Don't worry about yeah, it. Exactly. Um, get better. Teams, Fabian. Let's go. Teams and tips. West Coast Eagles versus the Collingwood. Did I make up any ground last week? You did, or on me, I think. I tipped the Blues and I nearly got there. You're, still, yeah. you're eight behind Fab and you're three behind me. So I caught up one on Fabian. Beautiful. Shouldn't have tips and killed her. That hurt. Yeah, I got sucked yeah, into that as so well. Did I. Are we hurrying up? Yeah, Quickly. do it. Tom Cole, Josh Kennedy in. Out Liam Duggan, Brandon Archie in. Levi Greenwood, John Noble and Ben Crocker. Out Just an Sharon update, Bird. Timbo's reaching for his four slice. Timbo slice. <laughs> Timbo slice. Kimbo slice. Oh, he was a, an old was street a, brawler. Yeah. Yeah. He's dead. He did. He is dead. Heart attack. Too much pizza. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sharonberg, Thomas, and Dacos all out omitted. Wow. Sharonberg. This is at Optus Stadium um, tomorrow night. Am I alone in thinking, is Grundy just starting to show signs of carrying that ruck? He's just starting to get a bit... He's not getting as much of a chop out as he needs. So, I still reckon he's the best ruckman in the league. He might be the best footballer who plays ruck in the league, but I don't know who's the best ruckman. You've got Max Gorn ahead of Interesting distinction. Who are we going? I've got West Coast. West Coast. Second game, Sydney Swans versus the Carlton Football Club. In, old man Jack. Out, James Rose. Omitted. In for us, Hugh Goddard, Harry Mackay and 
Patrick Cripps. Good. Out Caleb Marchback injured for the season. Jacob Whedon with that broken nose. And Mitch Wear McGovern. Wear the mask, Jacob. Wear the mask. Mitch McGovern is being managed. Uh, I just want to say on the McGovern thing. Zach Fisher, 50 games. Excellent. Congratulations. Shout out to Zach. I just want to say Mitch McGovern, that's fresh, fractured back in preseason. Do people not forget? Do people forget early in the year he had a few games where he was visibly in agony on the field? Look, he's not had a tremendous year. He's done some good things. He's shown Cut some, him some slack. He's shown some good glimpses. Yep. He's, he's had to play. He's not a number one forward, and last week he had to play number one forward because obviously Harry and Charlie weren't there, which made us a bit one-dimensional in the big man stakes. Just cut him some slack, guys. Do you know what we need to remind people to? And I had to remind my dad this when we, we drafted have, him. We don't have a small forward. It's not Jeremy McGovern. Well, it's not Jeremy McGovern. <laughs> my dad was he's an ecstatic. Ex- Look, he's a great player. He's had a he's had an issue, as I said, with the back. Why are West Coast getting rid of him? What? <laughs> It's not him, Dad. It's, that would have been amazing. But look, I think that we just need to be a bit more patient with him. This year isn't what we or he would have hoped from yeah. him. He's had some problems. He's had some excuses. Just, His flashes are being brilliant. He plays five minutes of football a week. Let's just pump the brakes and and you know give the guy a fair shake at it. He'll be um, recruiter recruit of the year next year. I've got us winning this. Carlton. Baggers. Next game, fam. Hawthorne versus Fremantle at the University of Tasmania Stadium, otherwise known as... UTAS. Launceston. In, Chad Wingard and Grant Birchall. Out, Connor Glass omitted and Jack Gunston injured. Sean Darcy for the Fremantle Dockers. Obviously, his, Ryan... hands, his hands, have got some ointment for his chapped hands from pushing <laughs> Cruiser all afternoon. <coughs> Sean Darcy, Ryan... has gone down. Nyhouse? Nyhouse. Nyhouse. Stephen Hill, in for the Dockers. Out, Griffin Logue omitted... Mitchell Crowden omitted, and Aaron Sanderlands being managed one game at a time. That's Cade Simpson style when he came back for one week and then was being managed. Obviously, he came back too early. Yeah. Uh, Hawks. Yeah, Hawks, Hawks for me. Yeah. Essendon versus North Melbourne at Marvel on Saturday uh, late afternoon, evening. Twilight. The Bombers are going in unchanged. The Kangas, Jamie McMillan and Curtis Taylor in. Out, Luke Davies Uniac omitted, okay. and Sam Durden omitted. So they've basically. So who they brought in? Sorry, Jamie McMillan. Yeah, and Curtis Taylor. So yeah, okay, yeah. Their future has been omitted, and obviously they think it's winnable. Um, I've gone for North. Jai Simpkin playing game number fifty. I'm going for Essendon. It's at Marvel. North. 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 Next game, Fabio. The Gold Coast Suns versus the Adelaide Crows in Adelaide. <laughs> Sean Lemons. And can I say it like Pete would say? Michael Richatelli. <laughs> no, Pete, what did Pete, no, Pete used to call him Richard Chelly. Richard Chelly. Richard Chelly. It's a good one. Out, Will Powell, injured, and Jack Martin, injured. In, Riley Knight and Tyson Stengel. That's all. Out, Jordan Gallucci, omitted, and Richard Douglas, omitted. Now, I'm tipping Adelaide, obviously. <laughs> I hope that they lose. If it's a shocking night up there, if it's dewy and it's just shitful, you know, sometimes you get those games, it's just a nightmare. Dewey, it's dewy. always dewy. <laughs> no, but I mean, if it's if it's really bad, if it's a bit wet and whatever. Let it rain. Let it rain. Let it as, be as a Phil Collins potential. would say, let, let it rain. Win with three goals. Let it be a Three goals down 23. <laughs> I am tipping Adelaide. Adelaide. Yeah, got to be Adelaide. No love for our main. Abrace. Abrace, I give us still. I did... Put a tweet this week saying that the biggest news of the year was Gold Coast signing, uh, re-signing Isaac Rankin. Biggest fucking surprise of the year. Huge. Like, of all the three that they picked, I thought he was the That's least likely needed. of all That's three. What they needed. 
It's they absolutely they yeah, did. It's, it's great news for yeah. that football club. Look out for our pick two, and potentially Bracer Gibb to the Gold Coast Suns for Mister Lacocious. Good, good collateral in the trade. I don't think Bryce would want to go. He might, but if Coast. he wants to keep his career going, just keep him away from Jupiter's. <laughs> I was thinking it. I wasn't going to go there. GMHBA Stadium on Saturday night: the Geelong Cats and the St Kilda Saints. Sava Radagalia and Brandon Parfit in out. Lockie Fogarty omitted, and Jack Henry managed. Henry, Terry, Terry's brother. Yeah. Uh, Nathan Brown and Jack Loney in for the Saints out. Uh, Matthew Parker omitted and Josh Battle injured. It's Jack Nunes' game 150. I'm tempted to pick the Saints. That's what you said last week and we all laughed at you. But I will pick the Cats. The Cats. Cats won't lose two in a row. St Kilda are just the team to like just pull a rabbit out of their asshole. I tipped win this the, game. against the Cats last week and was right. You were. Mm. Richmond versus the GWS Giants at the MCG on Sunday. In extended benches, obviously. Jack Revolt, Jack Higgins, Josh Caddy and Liam Baker. No outs as yet. In for the Giants. Ian Hill, Daniel Lloyd, Matt Bunteen, Matthew Flynn, Jack Stein and Lockie Whitfield. I think Ian Hill's the name of the bass player in Judas Priest. Out. Josh Kelly injured. And Interesting Zach in- Langdon injured. So uh, Richmond for me. Yeah, Tigers. GWS yeah. are in a hole. Yeah, Tigers at the MCG. Reckon, and there's a chance Canelio doesn't play as well because he tweaked his knee late. So. I reckon, I reckon it, this, it could end very quickly for GWS. I think this window shut. Rabbits use their knees too, don't they? This, yeah, this window, I, I just think we want to move on quickly. I think this window is shutting for them. There's a risk, mm. a serious risk. Uh, the Western Bulldogs versus Melbourne at Marvel, 3.20 on Sunday. Riley West, Bailey Dale, Dale Morris, Lockie Young in. Riley West is new. Um, Son of Scott. Son of Scott. No outs yet. Jake Lever, Neville Jetta, Max Gorn, Oscar McDonald, Corey Wagner, and Josh Wagner in for Melbourne. Okay, Out is Marty Hoare and Tom McDonald injured. Uh, I've got doubts on who's going to kick their goals, but I'm thinking about Melbourne. Dogs. I'm, I'm going to tip Melbourne. Dogs. No, they, were, they didn't impress me last week whatsoever. So dogs for bon, sure. Bont. Bont's going to destroy them. Possibly. And the final game is Port Power versus the Brisbane Lions. <laughs> in, Travis Boak, Trent McKenzie, Paddy Ryder and Cam Sutcliffe. Excellent. And in for the, the Brisbane Lions, Ben Key. Ben Keys. Pete loves Ben Keys. He does love Ben Keys. Josh Walker loves Josh Walker. Ben Keys only second to a Louis Taylor. Hold on. Nah. Reese Matheson, Jack Payne, Archie Smith, Oscar McInerney. Is Louis Taylor in the team? No. No, he hasn't been no. in for a while. That is a complete outrage. Well, I don't understand. I do understand. This is shit. a big out, Sean, and you can take this one. Eric Hippold. Oh. Yeah, no, Eric's big. Oh, Eric's yeah, out. knee That's injury, huge. isn't it? And hey. Luke Hodge is being managed. If this was... Not, tra- not travelling to South Australia. If this was 2003, this would be game of the round. Remember they used to play ripper matches? They'd like draw games and mm. one point. This is when Port Adelaide were the best side in the comp and Brisbane won the flag. Outstanding stuff. I think Port will win this. Port... They do go one on, one off, but I reckon with he put out and yeah, structures. Yeah, yeah. Are you I reckon go for Mr. Port. Wang, wasn't uh, it? Nah, power. Yeah, nah, nah. Chen. No, no, it's his brother. Oh yeah, we can't say uh, that. Can sorry, Mr. Wang, uh, go for the power. Power for me. Thank power. You. Yeah. yeah, excellent. Now we are running low on time to do Sean's quiz. Charlie so Cameron playing game 
100. Excellent. Congratulations. Shout out to Charlie. Uh, um, can I just say one thing? And I'm not going to labour it at all, but Tour de France. Oh, where can up you please to not labour this? Because you've genuinely either got a choice to discuss the NBA briefly or the Tour de France briefly. Super quick. Sixth stage. They're going to hit uh, the first stage of the mountains tonight. It, it changes things up. The Pyrenees. Oh, I don't know if it's the Pyrenees, but it's... Um, Alpes That's the, the one. The, the yellow at the moment is um, Julian Alaphilippe, who won the polka dot jersey last year. Never heard of him. So he, he locks his heels. So on the third third stage, Peter he Sagan. attacked. He, yeah, he? Sagan won last night. Who so. were the brothers? The Schlecks? They still Schlecks, going? No, no, they were on drugs, never to be seen again. They were all um, on fucking drugs, too. Is it Team well, Sky? Are they, are they still in it, Tim? Well, they're called Team Ineos or something like that okay. this year. US so. Post. That, but the guy I'm looking for, BMC. there's a bloke, uh, Egan Bernal, who Excellent. is the 2IC at the old Sky behind Garant Thomas. Garant's going around again. Excellent. But he's a little bit older, so we'll wait and see what comes of that. Richie Port's a minute 43 behind. Team time trial cost him is a Is that a long time. time, six stages in? No, he, well, he lost his time in the team time trial, so he lost like a minute. And that's just because he didn't have as strong a team. But you, you can you can lose and Useless gain a minute in the mountains real quick. So it's filthy Phil Liggett still doing the commentary? Or is it Mike Tomolaris? No, or it's Mike Tomolaris and uh, the younger bloke whose name escapes me at the moment. Jack so. Everin? No, not Jack. I don't know who. Um, Jack Everin. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, Adam Yates is around. Jack and I had a off on Twitter one once. Oh, that there day. you go. Uh, and there's a bloke floating around called Wilco Kelderman who I'd like to see do really well. So we'll see if he can... Wilco like the band? Uh, as in Roger. Okay. Roger Wilco. Um, excellent wrap, Tim. We look forward to that next week for stage 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. Bing, bing. <laughs> yeah. uh, now, the NBA briefly, please. Brief NBA. Oh, okay, I, just, I just have a question to ask. Oh. So the the blockbuster deal went down in Kawhi Leonard joining the Clippers. Did we miss that? No, no, well, that was going to happen, but it's confirmed. Okay. And then obviously the blockbuster deal went down. The biggest trade in NBA history, Paul George, joined him. Yes. Now, I have a question. As a basketball layperson, should the deal be technically viewed as it's a trade for both of them? Yeah. It's the trade is not for Paul George because they don't get... one goes hand in hand with the other. You gave up six first-round draft picks for George and Leonard. They don't get Kawhi Unless without you get George. George. Yeah. So yeah. everyone looks at it and goes, geez, that's a lot to give up for Paul George. And you go, in isolation, yeah, it is. Yeah. But should it be viewed through the lens that, no, well, they've actually traded for two of them? The smart people will. The well, idiot, the yeah. Well, yeah. thank you. They'll they always tie Paul George. If Paul George fails, you paid six first round draft picks for him. Yeah, yeah, or whatever it was. There you go. Good wrap up. Good stuff. Love it. Demarcus Cousins, Lakers. To the Lakers. Yeah, yeah. Demarcus thought he was going to get paid two years ago, then got injured, and he's basically surviving on one year low end contracts. He's sniffing around for that what, scratch. The Russell, Russell Westbrook. I can't say Russell. Like Russell. Russell. What they do with him, and I said this off-pod. You did. If I was OKC, I wouldn't be shopping him around trying to look for a a glut of first-round draft picks. I'd just be looking to offload him off the books. Move his salary. He's just a burden now on a rebuilding team. If you lose him now, you don't have the opportunity to be able to pick up the big names in free agency that you might have been able to bring somebody. You're not going through free agency, mate. You're Oklahoma City. True. You landed Durant, Harden, and Westbrook through the draft. Yeah, they had they had. had the, I think I think Russell was actually drafted to the SuperSonics. I think maybe. Well, he was. Yeah, they, they had they had the assets right there, and they refused to pay Harden. It didn't really work with all three of them either. Didn't they make the Western Conference Finals? Yeah, they had Serge Ibaka in that team too. Yep. Mm. 
Interesting. Well, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen there. Who cares? We'll wait for that to start up. NFL not far away. I'm sure that'll take its place in the rundown. Oh, We're going to really wait. quickly go into the Cricket World Cup because oh, last night going. we can't not talk about last night in totality. Fab mentioned it. It's a beautiful, beautiful with, game. With uh, with Donny, what was, was he fun. doing? It's the best two-day, one-day international I've ever seen. It was amazing. And then it continues tonight. It continues now, as I say, with uh, cricket, uh, Australia and England. Fingers crossed we wake up to a good result come Friday, uh, hopefully. Not going to watch it live? Yeah, well, yeah, we'll. Oh, fuck. What? Three for 15. What, Australia are three yeah. for 15? Yes. Three for 15. Oh, that's an absolute... Jesus Christ. Who's out? Well, Smith and Kerry are in. So, Finch, Warner. Warner, nine off 11. Finch went first ball. And Hanscom, four off 12. Mm, good selection. Okay, well, we won't labour that because... Um, Trav's just checked on the African Cup of Nations. We won't labour that because we'll know the result when we wake up, but that's a fucking disaster. Um, that was always a risk at Headingley. And very quickly, we're going to have a really quick uh, new segment, the mailbox. So, bing, just, bing. so just some quick, some quick sort of answers, I reckon. Don't play it, Fab. You've missed your cue. Um, question number one. They're at Edge Baston, not Headingley. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, question number one comes from our man Josh Slonham, the man John uh, Josh Slonham, who gave me the the tip for the good, the bad, and the hungry. Um, pretty quick one. Who should we be targeting in free agency? Come the end of the year, do we have a player? Do we have a type? Well, Cornelio is the obvious one. Yeah, midfielder. I reckon it's midfield and forward. So to me, I'm going to give two. It's the rabbit is the big prize, but then Papley. See, Papley's he's, he's, not, he's not a free he's agent. Trade for him. Yeah. So you're not free agency. In, I think we're going. You're not interested in Jack Martin. No. Okay. I think the talk of what his manager's trying to get for him means you're overpaying for a guy whose body hasn't been. Really helpful to him, and he hasn't, uh, and he hasn't, re- you know, reached his potential whatsoever. And it just doesn't look like he will. Mm, okay. Um, um, would you take a risk on the body of a Harley Bunnell, and would you take a risk on the body of a Stephen Hill? I didn't realise this was. I wouldn't worry about the body. Question. I'd be worrying about the culture. Yeah. Impacts well, yeah. with Harley. I'd, yeah. I'd ask the question. I'd have the sit down and wait and see what comes of it. But mm, second question from Old Man Spurs, formerly. Old, old Man Wills. Old Man Wills. Yeah. Asked, quick, pretty simple, Fab, probably you and I more than anyone, Pogba, in or out? In. I think that, I think it's a very, it's a difficult question to answer because we need to put the pieces around him. And I think Correct. he wants the pieces around if, him. If, if we're not prepared to invest and bring in... I think that's what he is more... Those chips. And I'm, it's, it's, I'm, I'm flogging this right off from Gab Marcotti. It's, I think he wants to know, he doesn't want to be in this squad. Yeah, we where we're not competing for it. If we put players around him, he's happy at United. Mm, maybe. He wants to be contesting. Now, but if he leaves... It's tricky, though, with Mino Raiola because he's an arsehole. Yeah. So he's, he's, he's his agent. He's obviously a oh, yeah. big, big money agent. Um, sort of the Jorge Mendes of... Uh, yeah. Was he the boat that brought in... Um, 150 pounds heavier than Jorge. Who, sorry? What, Mascarano and... Um, no, that was... Um, shit, who was that? That was a consortium. They technically owned them. Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember Tevez and uh, what's it? Yeah. Uh, and then lastly, Jay Hyatt has uh, written in, so shout out to Jay, John, and Old Man Spurs. Um, over or under 2.5 more wins for the Blues this season. We play Sydney away, Gold Coast at home, Adelaide at home, West Coast at home, Richmond, St Kilda, and then Geelong down in Geelong. Um, over. I think, I think we can win three games. We'll win four. Yeah, I think we can win three games. We'll the beat Sydney. I think we can beat Sydney. We'll beat Gold Coast. We'll beat, Coast. We'll beat St Kilda. And Geelong will manage their team in the final round and we'll get a win down there. I, what about, I think we can beat Adelaide. We can beat Richmond too. That game, 
Adelaide, the Adelaide game is the biggest game of the year. Get there in droves. Everybody, That'd be great. I'd love the win. Everybody, like just treat it like a grand final. If they're dead set, they should. The club should put something together to try to make it an eighty thousand. Get there. Isn't it the G? I think so. I think it is. Let's pack it. Let's absolutely pack, pack the it. Pack the G. Out. Uh, so no, yeah, I think we're all in agreement. I think we can. Yeah, I think we can eclipse yep. two and a half wins. So thanks for that, uh, Jay. Great supporter. Good to hear from you. Shout out. Um, I'll be sitting next to him, hopefully, for most of those wins. <laughs> uh, we're going to move on to the quiz now. We're going to make this rapid fire. We've rejigged it a little bit. Unfortunately for Fabian, the quiz is not a Back to the Future one. I didn't have the time uh, to oh, come up with that. How's that? You didn't have the time. That's exactly why I said it. Out of time. Out of time, um, mate. 1.21 gigawatts. Gigawatts. So basically, we're going to go the standard format, and then we're going to go... Oh, he's caught his helmet. Good catch. Kerry, it's broken. Um, yeah, Teddy, oh. always bleeding. Nice no, fucked. He's broken his chin. No, it's just the strap cut his chin. Anyway, Fabian. Sorry. Standard questions. We'll go one for one in the first round, and then in that round two, we'll go to the whiteboards because Fabian can't buzz in quickly enough. Okay. Stop it. Question number one, Fabian. Okay. Ravindra Jadeja, spectacularly top scored for India with 77 runs in yesterday's two-day, one-day match. Who top scored for New Zealand was 74. That was the day before. <laughs> Can we, we steal? I'm going to take a stab with Williamson. Incorrect. Timbo for the steal. Ross Taylor is correct. Ross Taylor. Ross Taylor was having a mare in the field. He was. He, was. <laughs> he could not find the ball. <laughs> he was. Uh, question number one for Tim. England and Australia are clashing as we speak. It's not going well at this point in time. When was the last time England beat Australia in a World Cup match? Um, I will take a guess yep. and say it was 1992 in Australia. Correct. 1992 was the last time England defeated Australia. Fabian's, these lay-up Fabian's, cricket fucking questions. Fabian's get, not getting happy. We're one question each. That's a good effort from... I love how he's trying to catch the helmet and not worried that the ball may fall well, on the stumps. The ball. Well, the ball went out question number two for you, Fabian. You're not going to like this one. I'm just no. giving you a forewarning. But it is Wimbledon. Roger Federer will play Rafael Nadal in one Wimbledon semi-final. Novak Djokovic will play this Spaniard in the other. Spaniard. Spaniard. It's going to be a good get if you can get it. I've got some bad news for you. Timbo's got it. So you're going to need to fucking pull this out. <laughs> Piss off, Tim. <laughs> Is, is it uh, is it uh, the little man? Kind of looks like Enrique Iglesias. What's his name? I don't know. Oh, yep, Forfa. No, um, that was a replay. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Answer the question, Fab. I don't know. You don't. You're passing. What's that little guy's name? I don't know, Fab. Speedy Gonzalez. I don't know. Speedy Gonzalez is Mexican, and it's incorrect. Timbo, give it to me. It is Bautista indeed Roberto Batista Agut. Timbo's jumped you, man. He's three Very up. Very good, Tim. <laughs> Question number two for Tim. With yes. his quarterfinal victory at the All England Club, Roger Federer became the first man to achieve what feat? 100 singles victories at Wimbledon. That is correct. He became the first. You've given this bloke fucking layups. No, well, no. Listen to the bloody radio. How, and how many matches had he played at that point? One hundred and twelve. It's an played. unbelievable record. But yeah. yeah, so Roger Federer became the first man to win one hundred singles matches at a Grand Slam. Can I sack Sean on it? Um, no. <laughs> this is going worse than I anticipated. 
Question number three for Fab. Get on the board, Fab. You need to get on the board here. Carlton had four players kick multiple goals on Sunday. You will receive one point for each player you correctly identify. Jack Silvani. Kicked three, yes. Why have I drawn a freaking blank? Because you got the pressures on you, man. You're 4-0. Will Setterfield. Will Setterfield kick three? There's another two. There's another two. There's another two. No steals on this question because there are multiple points on offer. Uh, da, 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 it's a shame because no. I've got them all. Yeah, you got all of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, Michael Gibbons? Incorrect. Am I at now? No, yes. you, you know, come on. You've you got, you got to lift. Come on. Oh, mate, uh, who, have you, who have you got? Silvani and Setterfield. Silvani and Setterfield. That's all I remember. Yeah. I'm drawing a blank. We had one guy kick three. Jack? Yeah, I'm giving you hints here. Oh. We had three blokes kick three, didn't we? Yeah. Oh, Levi kicked one. Levi kicked three. I'm sorry, Levi's one, sorry. And then the, the last man kicked two. He was our only other multiple goal kicker. I really had stiff too because he had that snap around the corner. That yeah, he very true. Which we've both given a layout that he did here. the previous week. Matthew Kennedy. Matthew and Kennedy. Then he had the shot from the pocket, the little tumbling. Timbo's sort of been side. very charitable. Hit the inside of the. So uh, did I get post. four points? You did get four points. Quattro points. Does he get four points? Yep. Quattro points. Am I in front? I thought he was getting one point, no. and I was helping him out. Timbo, <laughs> yes. you'll have a crack at four points here. Carlton had four players amass twenty or more possessions on Sunday. You will receive one point for each correct answer. So you only have four answers to give, though, doesn't he? Well, you had five. Oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> what do you got for me, Timbo? Uh, well, I'll start with Sam Walsh. Sam Walsh had 25. Um, I'm going to have a crack at Nick Newman. Nick Newman had 26. Um, 20. Because there were a few guys that were down. Yep. I'll have a crack at Ed Kerner. Ed Kerner had 23. Um... Needing an answer. Give it me. Come Mark on. Murphy. Mark Murphy at 24. Okay. So Timbo sweeps the field. Eight to four, he leads Fab at the moment. Easy questions. That's all right. I, I thought Mark Murphy hadn't had... He finished well. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know that he'd have gotten to 20. But it The was Women's really World good. Cup wrapped up this week, Fab, with the USA claiming a fourth world title. Megan Rapino. That was going to be my only answer that I could give. Megan Rapino capped a stellar tournament by doing what? Golden boot. She kicked two goals in the final, golden boot, to claim golden boot. She kicked the penalty and then one from open play. And? Player of the tournament. Yeah. yeah. Fucking held your hand on that one. Boot. Mate, how many? I gave every possible answer and they were all Ex- right. Except they player were of the all tournament, right. which I prompted from you. That's fine. We don't hold your hand. Timbo, Melbourne Victory presented their new manager this week. Who will lead the VUC in the coming season? There is a steal available for Fabian. Oh, I remembered. I remembered it being announced. Yep, they um, presented him yesterday. I'd half heard the name, and it hasn't stuck whatsoever. For the steal, Fab? No, I don't know. Him. You don't have it at all. No. Marco Kurz. Yeah. From Adelaide United, the uh, the German. Question number five. German. For, <laughs> question number five for Fabian. Which two teams contested this week's Copa America final? You receive one point for each. It was Brazil, Brazil and Peru. Peru. Brazil won 3-1. Fabian draws level with Tim. Wouldn't have got that one. Eight all. Last question for you, Timbo. Manchester United are currently in Australia on a pre-season tour. They'll play matches against which two teams? You'll receive a point for each. 
They will play against the Perth Glory. That is correct. And they will play against Sydney. Incorrect for the Steel Fab. You get one point. Leeds United. Leeds United. <laughs> Given that I was assuming it was a local team, I wouldn't have got that one. <laughs> <laughs> I just mixed up the rules then. The broom. Gave you the extra steel, and that has drawn Fab and Tim level what? nine points apiece. Was I four clear a second ago? Mm-hmm. Nine points apiece going into this final. Uh, this we, we might have to listen to the... Uh, Yeah, listen to to last week's. Fab's calling impropriety, whatever. Anyway, so this week's uh, Fast Money, which is now a whiteboard round, because Fab can't can't buzz in quickly enough. I buzz in quickly, you just don't give me the question. Is the All-Star Games. So questions about All-Star Games. Oh, here we go. Question number one, get your whiteboards ready, you've got 10 seconds to answer. This week, Pete Alonso became just the second rookie to do what? Pete Alonso. Is that your final answer, Timbo? Or Fabian, whatever your name is? Timbo has gone for home run derby champion. Fab has gone for MLB all-star MVP. Tim is correct. He became the second rookie after Aaron Judge to win the home run derby. All rise. All rise. Question number two for one point each. In Major League Baseball, which two teams sit atop the American and National Leagues at the all-star break? You receive one uh, one point per correct answer. So which two teams lead... Their respective leagues in the baseball. What have you gone with? Tim has put two teams in the same league. That's why I thought it was a good chance. So the Yankees, Tim, the Yankees lead the American League, and you've gone for the Dodgers and the Yankees. The Yankees lead the American League. The Dodgers lead the National League. Nice Tied at 11 11. Question number three Who was the MVP of this past season's NBA? All-Star Game. The All-Star Game just passed. Incorrect for Fabian. Timbo's answer, please. Timbo has gone for Durant. That is correct. Kevin Durant was the MVP of the All-Star Game. Tim takes the lead. Question number four. Two players have won the NBA All-Star Game. uh, NBA, sorry, MVP, the All-Star Game. A record four occasions. So, so to repeat the question. Yeah, I fucked that up. Sorry. <laughs> Two players have won the NBA All-Star Game MVP four times. For one point each, can you name them? Incorrect both for Fabian. Tim's gone the exact same answer. <laughs> it's MJ and LeBron. No, it's uh, Bob Pettit. And Alan Iverson. Of the St. Louis Hawks. He won in 56, 58, 59, St. Louis Hawks. They're not even in St. Louis. And Kobe anymore. Bright. Kobe, Kobe Bright. Kobe Bright won in 02, 07, 09, and 11. Question number five. Which player currently holds the record for most wins in the NBA slam dunk competition? Was writing a long answer. Leonard Copeland. <laughs> is it Dominique Wilkins? It is not Dominique Wilkins. Did you say NBL or NBA? NBA. Oh shit! Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, Leonard stands, mate. Leonard stands. <laughs> oh shit! I, I honestly thought you said NBL. Well, open your ears. I didn't even realise there was a slam dunk competition in the NBA. Well, there was. I reckon. Um... <laughs> well, you're both incorrect. It's Nate Robinson. Oh, you know how short Nate Robinson is? Nate Robinson's is? won five at, four, uh, Nate Robinson, two, I think, won it three times. Question number six. 
I wouldn't have got that. Since 2017, this stadium has hosted NFL's open training scrimmage, the Pro Bowl. So what stadium has hosted the Pro Bowl since 2017? Come on, Timbo. Timbo. It's like you're writing a Harry Potter novel over there. He's writing a long answer. Timbo's gone for MetLife Stadium. Fabian's gone for the University of Hawaii. It is, in fact, the Camping World Stadium. In? I would have also accepted the Citrus Bowl, which is in Orlando. I was going to write the Superdome. (laughs) Wasn't it in Hawaii? It was always in Hawaii. Yeah, but recently it's moved to the Citrus Bowl. Ah. At the uh, 2019 Pro Bowl... Which two players won MVP honours? So who was the offensive and who was the defensive MVP? Don't look at me like that, Timbo. Just trying to think. Just updating listeners. Timbo holds a 12 to 11 lead. Looking to make it six quiz wins in a row. A record I doubt will ever be matched. Fabian's writing like chicken scratch. Can't see that. Um, 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 I think. I think. Give it to me, Fab. We need an answer. Shaquan Barkley. No, right. Okay, what do you got? So you got Barkley offensive. Who's your defensive? I'm just trying to think. You got five seconds. Got nothing. No. no. Timbo, who you got for me? I've got offensive Drew Brees, defensive Patrick Patterson. Incorrect. Offensive was Patrick Mahomes. Mm. Defensive was Jamal Adams. Never heard of him. Question number eight. In the 2008 AFL staged uh, that quasi sort of state of origin match. 2008, yep. They staged the quasi the Hall of Fame game. Yep. It was Australia versus, uh, Victoria, sorry, versus the Allies. Yep. Or Dream Team, I think they were called. For one point each, can you name the captains? So who captained Victoria? And who captained the dream team? Bit of fun on the night. Good to see the big V rolling around. The big names wearing it. I get a bit frustrated when people call for a recall of, you know, bring back State of Origin. It's dead. Leave it be. Fabian's answer is in. Come on, Timbo. Timbo's gone for... Timbo's gone for Jonathan Brown and Nick Rewalt. Fabian's gone for Jonathan Brown and Andrew McLeod. Fabian is right on both counts. So Timbo gets one point. Fabian gets two. We are tied at 13 apiece. I'm getting a bit nervous. <laughs> Question number nine. James, of, of 10? Yes. Yep. James Tedesco scored the winning try in last night's State of Origin decider. Who scored the opening try of the night? Didn't watch the first half. Neither did I. <laughs> oh, shit. Don't do this to me. Come on. Don't do this to me. I, I, we're running out of time. We're on the clock here. And I don't have a tiebreaker. I don't know how to spell it. Yeah, I get you. I know what you put in. Who are we going for? Timbo's gone for Felice Corfusi. Fabian's gone for which Trebojevic? You don't care? Well, it's Tom was the one that was playing and he didn't score a try, so... Tim is correct. Yes. The Melbourne Storm's Felice Kofusi scored the opening try of the night. Timbo leads 14-13, heading into the he's last a, question. He's a fucking tin ass, mate. I'm telling you. <laughs> he hasn't seen and, the, and the other funny thing was I was trying to think of the other bloke that scored the goal. <laughs> he didn't come to me and then I thought, hang on, question I remember who the other guy is. number 10, the deciding question. Once upon a time, the last time being in 2017, this match was a traditional precursor 
and a quasi-selection trial for the NRL State of Origin. So this match took place before the State of Origin and was a, a selection trial of sorts. Who have we got? Answers are in. City versus country for Fab. City versus country for Tim. Both correct. Timbo wins the quiz. Timbo's taken it by a score of 15 to 14. And he's entered the pantheon of the greats. Michael Jordan with six. Timbo's won six on the bounce. And he's been beaten. <laughs> Look at him. <laughs> it's, the, it's, just, it's, it's the achievement of his entire life. He's wriggled out. He's wriggled out of trouble. And any issues with the scoring that I might have fucked it's up the score, it doesn't matter. He's going to go home and put on a tux and just <laughs> read out a speech. And look, to be honest, I, Fab, I actually saw the, in, the the final episode of um, uh, whatever that show is called with Sheldon in it. Big Bang. Big Bang. Don't yeah. give it away, Tim. I'm not going to give anything away. Yeah, I'm saying I haven't watched it. Have you not watched it? I watched it last night. I watched it this morning, actually. Yeah, whatever. It was I good. Could yeah, take all. I haven't watched it for years. Look, I feel for you, Fab, because it's your sixth loss in a row, but you've only lost by one a couple of times. You've been a little bit unlucky a couple of times, but I think Tim's quality just shone through in the end. And mm, The arse. <laughs> Pulling out Kafusi. Felice Kafusi. Felice Kafusi. If we were a bigger... You've got to stop with the baseball questions. I know nothing about the fucking sport. You've got Yankees and Dodgers. you got two votes. i got one. That's true. That's I just went for true. my team and Kelly's team. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> oh, and and look, the Peter Alonso thing. Surely you've again, like, it's going to be Who one. The of, fuck is Peter Alonso? It's going to be one Does of two. Does he drive things. for the, the McLaren? It's going to be one of two things. It's going to be the All Star MVP or the Home Run Derby champion. Oh, you know, not you just the wrong one. Like Tim. Well, Tim, you know, I was watching ESPN during the week ESPN, on my day off. And... ESPN Deportes. Uh, no, I wasn't listening to it in Spanish. So, congratulations to Tim, six-time quiz winner in a row. Fabian, uh, better luck next week. Maybe we'll go for the. <laughs> Maybe we'll go for the Back to the Future quiz next week because I reckon that's it. I'm telling you, if you do a, 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 an unbiased Back to the Future quiz, I will beat him. But where's the joy in I'll, that? I'll even give him a four-point head start in a ten-point quiz. Really? Yeah. With an unbiased quiz. I'm going to give you more difficult questions, though. No, no, we get the same questions. But Tim's not going to know those. Don't be surprised. I could give you a quiz on your fucking Avenger movies that you wouldn't get a question right because I'll make them that obscure. No, but I'm not going to make them so obscure. No, you'll make them obscure just to be a knob. No, no, no. I'm not going to make them so obscure you don't know them. Who was the mayor of Hill Valley when Marty McFly inspired Goldie Wilson to run? Mayor Red Thomas. Whoa! And for a little bit of trivia for you, Hmm. why were the two blokes named Red and Goldie? Timbo's been doing his homework. Hmm. See, this is more of a quirky thing rather than a film-related thing. you got to tell us, Tim, we're running out of time. Oh, the colours of the Hill Valley football team. There you go. like it. There you go. Good stuff. Good and stuff. do you like that Hill Valley itself is an oxymoron? Yes. The Lone Pine Mall. And the Twin Pine Mall. Yeah. Old well, Man Peabody. Old Man Peabody. Well, thanks for listening again. Had this crazy idea of breeding pine trees. <laughs> For me, Sean Take that, you mutating son of a bitch! For me, Sean Peterach, thank you very much. For Fabian Guadagnolo, thank you. Fabian, hello. Buonas. Arrivederci, ragazzi. Goodbye to you. And for six-time defending quiz winner, Sorry. Tim Davis. Uh, a special shout-out to my boy, Felice Cafusi. And uh, thank you very much. Six is a treat. Have a good evening, we'll all. see you next week. I gave a letter to the postman. He put it in his sack. 
bright and early next morning He brought my letter back She wrote upon it Return the sender Address unknown No such number No such song We had a quarrel A lover's back I write I'm sorry But my letter keeps coming back So then I dropped it in the mailbox As any special deed Bright and early next morning It came right back to me She wrote upon it Return the sender 